Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. St. Martin experienced the fastest growing stayover tourism recovery since the start of COVID-19. Puerto Rico's manufacturing reports growth in July. Guyana's government requests 1.8 million U.S. dollars in IDB loan to build strategy for economic transformation with oil. Jamaica no movement days extended for two more weeks, and Royal Caribbean could finish Nassau Beach Club by May 2023. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, September 7th. We start our report today in St. Martin. St. Martin is on the rebound as the arrival numbers are on the rise and outperforming 18 countries in the Caribbean. According to data presented by the Caribbean Tourism Organization, based on the National Authority survey, the performance is based on the actual 2021 figures from the St. Martin's Princess Juliana's International Airport. The traffic numbers started low, but the last three months have shown significant recovery despite new restrictions and additional travel requirements imposed due to the manifestation of new variants of the coronavirus. The 2021 average in arrival numbers is just above expected 50% average of 2019 with 1.5 million passengers in movement. Compared to almost all other tourism-oriented islands in the Caribbean, St. Martin experienced the fastest-growing stayover recovery rate since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. A graph prepared by the IMF staff demonstrates that St. Martin's vastly outperformed nearly every island in the region by a wide margin, almost reaching pre-pandemic levels of arrivals by May 2021. St. Martin attributes its success as a result of the recovery policies set in place by Ludmilla D. Weaver as Minister of Tourism, Economic Affairs, Telecommunications and Traffic. At the beginning of her term, De Weaver prioritized the restoration of U.S. arrivals to ensure the survival of the country's hotel tourism. Part of the strategy included reopening the airport as early and safely as possible to U.S. carriers and establishing entry protocols that facilitated ease of entry while maintaining the safety of the local community. The Weekly Journal reports that manufacturing in Puerto Rico managed to rise to 55.8% in July, above the threshold of 50, which according to the Purchasing Managers Index, represents the expansion in activities generated by this economic sector compared to the previous months. Despite the economic and operational complications that the COVID-19 pandemic has generated, manufacturing is one of the sectors that has managed to keep its activities afloat on the island and is one of those that has had the least impact. Most of the sub-indexes, with the exception of the production line, which fell to 48.1, registered increases compared to June and remain the same or above 50. 
In the case of new orders and employment, both rose to 53.8 and 55.8 percent respectively after having been below the threshold in the previous month. Delivery to suppliers reached 71.2 percent, while company inventories remain at 50. According to the projections maintained by the Department of Economic Development and Commerce, as the number of vaccinated people increase and productive activities rises, the manufacturing sector will continue to register an increase. The agency reported that manufacturing is the productive sector that generates the most income for the Treasury. It represents approximately 50 percent of the gross domestic product and contributes to over 57 percent of the adjusted gross income. According to Kreiter News, Guyana's People Progressive Party civic government has approached the Inter-American Development Bank for a loan totaling over 1.8 million U.S. dollars to support the development and implementation of a medium-term development strategy, which will leverage on the country's emerging oil and gas revenues. The strategy would be used to grow investments, increase employment, and strengthen the economic resilience of the country. According to the loan document seen by Kreiter News, the funding would be spent on five components. Component one is called strengthening the technical capacity of the government to lead economic transformation in Guyana. The government is proposing to use $882,000 from the loan for this activity. Component number two is titled the Economic Diversification and Midterm Development Strategy. It is noted that the project part of this document would be $279,000 to be budgeted for this purpose. And component number three, this is expected to focus on creating investment opportunities for the private sector and will support the engagement of strategic advisor for public-private partnerships to develop a framework for Guyana. It is noted that this part of the activity would be $369,000. The fourth component will see expenditures on awareness and diffusion and will include a forum for infrastructure opportunities, target investor workshops to assist in structuring specific projects identified under the component. And this is expected to cost $170,000. Component number five caters for financing any contingencies that need to be tackled during the project execution. Over $117,000 was budgeted for this purpose. As regards the execution, it was stated that the Ministry of Finance will oversee all the coordination activities with relevant stakeholders. With the ongoing work of the government as a strong premise, the IDB is of the view that the loan, which is still being reviewed for approval, will ultimately support Guyana in creating an effective strategy for economic transformation with its oil wealth.
In other Guyana news, Guyana, in an effort to stem the spread of COVID-19, has issued amendments to its COVID-19 guidelines, which dealt with vaccination requirements for government buildings to now include all public buildings, inclusive of privately owned ones and institutions of learning. According to the amendment issued less than a week after the guidelines were revealed, any person who wishes to enter a public building shall be vaccinated. It further explained that in the absence of being vaccinated against COVID-19, a person would have to make an appointment to visit that public building and present a negative PCR COVID-19 test result to gain access. And with the updated regulations covering institutions of learning, it would mean that unvaccinated teachers, staff, and students of both public and private schools will now have to show proof of vaccination vaccination or a negative PCR test to attend classes in school. The previous regulation only covered government ministries and departments and agencies. Based on the regulations covering both public and private buildings, it would cover markets and supermarkets, stores, private hospitals, and all private businesses and institutions, including places of worship that the public would have to access. The updated guidelines are much broader and cover almost all sectors in Guyana, both public and privately owned. In an effort to stem the spread of COVID-19 across Jamaica, Prime Minister Andrew Holness announced the extension of the new movement days for two more weeks. He made the announcement during a news briefing last week to the nation. The no movement days announced were set for Sunday, September 5th, Monday, September 6th, Tuesday, September 7th, Sunday, September 12th, Monday, September 13th, and Tuesday, September 19th. Holness said that outside the no movement days, the nightly curfew will begin at 7 p.m. local time and end at 5 a.m. the next day, except on Saturdays when the curfew begins at 6 p.m. The Prime Minister added that workplaces will be required to close at midday, and that was last Friday, September 3rd, and on Friday, September 10th, to help the public prepare for the new lockdown measures. The existing provisions remain in place for churches, funerals, and weddings. The work from home directive in the public sector is being extended until September 17th. Holness said that there are signs of hope as the stricter measures implemented over the past two weeks are now making a dent in the infection rate island-wide. The announcement by the Prime Minister comes as the country recorded 351 new cases of COVID-19, 31 additional deaths on Tuesday, bringing the total number of confirmed cases to 68,482 and the death toll to 1,549 in Jamaica. Cuba is set to relax pandemic border control measures for international passengers starting November 15, 2021, the island Ministry of Tourism announced on Monday on its website. 
The Caribbean nation will relax COVID-19 hygiene and sanitary protocols for incoming travelers. The ministry said adding new measures will focus on monitoring symptomatic patients and temperature checks. Cuba will no longer demand a PCR test upon arrival, and COVID-19 vaccination certificates issued abroad will be accepted by custom authorities, the ministry said. At present, international passengers who arrive on the island are required to quarantine either at hotel facilities allocated by the government or isolation centers. In pre-pandemic times, the tourism industry in the Caribbean nation accounted for more than 10 percent of Cuba's hard currency earnings. The tourist high season in Cuba runs from mid-November to April. And finally, According to new documents filed in the Bahamas, the Royal Caribbean's new Royal Beach Club in Nassau is scheduled to be completed in May 2023. In March 2020, Royal Caribbean announced the Royal Beach Club project they would build in Nassau on the western end of Paradise Island. Royal Caribbean has 20 total acres of land, 13 of which is owned by the cruise line and an additional seven acres leased by the Bahamian government. Royal Caribbean's environmental impact assessment revealed its plans to begin construction in October 2021, with the completion date by May 2023. The project has been delayed a few times due to the COVID-19. The proposed project will include the development of Paradise Beach and Colonial Beach to create an arrivals area, family zone, water sports center, food and beverage services, the swimming pool and back of the house area to support the beach experience. As Paradise Island is close to the NASA port, guests will have direct and quick access to the harbor via water taxis. The construction of the water taxi harbor and dock may include dredging, seawalls, wave attenuations, docks, and fixtures. The Royal Caribbean Beach Club will be able to accommodate about 3,500 together with 250 workers. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, September 7th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook. Facebook.